Welcome to the Got Your Six podcast. This podcast brings together current service members and veteran high performers to share their methods, strategies, and ideas delivered in an informative and most importantly, actionable way that'll help you lead yourself and those around you from the battlefield to the boardroom. Coming to you every episode, I'm your host, Tony Nash, and into the breach. Nothing mentioned on this podcast is an endorsement or opinion of the Department of Defense. I got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. I got your six. Sixers, what an absolute treat today. The man I'm about to introduce goes by many titles, and I could list them all, but that would take the whole episode. But what I really hold near and dear to my heart and why I feel he is just such an incredible human, leader, man, is because he's so intentional. Nate Boyer, welcome to the Gotcha Six Podcast. Thank you so much for being here, brother. I appreciate that, Tony. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I mean, what you're doing with uh, Merging Vets and Players, co-founded by you and Jay Glazer, whose book, Unbreakable, is absolutely blowing up the book charts right now, and rightfully so. You know, Unbreakable, how I turned my depression and anxiety into motivation, and you can too. It just shows the, the company that you keep. And I just want to give a quick background. Nate is a former Green Beret, got out of the Army after six years and multiple tours, then walked on, never playing a down at Texas as a Longhorn, long snapper, went undrafted through Pete Carroll, got picked up by the Seattle Seahawks, and has just gone on to do absolutely unbelievable things. I mean, it's no reason you live by the mantra, anything is possible. Yeah, you got it, brother. That's it. It's a really exciting time for, for all of us. We have, I believe it or not, we have 25 people on the staff now, which like I was just thinking about that today. It's, it's wild to, to imagine just six years ago, really, we, we had no people on the staff. You know what I mean? We were just, uh, we were kind of figuring out who we are and what we are. And, and now we're at we're, where we are today. So it's an honor. I'm blessed to be a part of this team. I'm really, really fortunate to more than anything, just be a member uh, of MVP because it's helped me a lot. Every week I come in here, we, we have MVP tonight in Los Angeles, and I can't wait to get in there and sweat a little bit with the guys and girls. And, and then we'll, we'll go to the wrestling mat afterwards and we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll talk through it. We'll, we'll talk about what's going on in our lives today. We'll talk about transition. We'll talk about things that we're struggling with. And we, we encourage that vulnerability. And then other people in that circle uh, will help you through it because it's all about just communicating that. And, and Jay alluded to that in his book, you know, he talks about some of that stuff. So we're very fortunate now to have the opportunity to get back together as well in the gyms and be, be in person and face-to-face and, you know, and, and be able to communicate this stuff. That mutual respect between the two groups has always been there. And uh, we kind of look up to each other as heroes, vets and athletes. Um, yeah, they're all my heroes. Everybody is part of MVP has become my hero as well. So it's pretty cool. I absolutely love how you continue to redefine your purpose and helping other people redefine purpose. But before we go into that, being in all the different rooms and the situations that you've been in, where have you looked to implement at least one thing from your time in the military? I didn't realize I was learning it at the time. The number one thing I've, I guess, held on to after that time in service, maybe it's two things that are tied for the lead here, but it's empathy, you know, and and just trying to understand and put yourself in somebody else's shoes and, and, and get that get that your way is not the only way and it's maybe not the best way either. And just because you feel something very strongly, you know, and you're very passionate about it, it doesn't necessarily mean that what you believe is right and what somebody else believes, if it's different, is is wrong. It's just not true. And the other one is listening, you know, and and trying to listen at a high level. And sometimes, and I still fail at it, man. We all do. Like we get, 
comfortable in our situation or our position, or we think we got this, you know, and we kind of, we, we kind of think we can go it alone and do it by ourselves, do it, do it on our own. And that for me, when I do that is when I, uh, I fail to listen like I need to, you know, with the intention of truly hearing somebody where they're coming from, uh, also uh, what they're trying to maybe teach me or what they what they have to share or an issue that they have going on that they're looking for an answer with. Um, but really, really listening. When you listen, you got to listen with your eyes too. That ability, and, and I guess now it's a luxury to be able to sit across from somebody. I mean, we can do it like we're doing right now. Of course, we're on Zoom, and uh, you know, we're able to see each other. But being in a room with somebody and uh, kind of feeling that energy, and and uh, really, really paying attention to body language and and, and those type of clues uh, with somebody is, is invaluable. Because sometimes we say things. Uh, that we don't really mean, you know, you ask somebody, how you doing? They might say, okay, I'm doing okay. or I'm doing good. And they might not actually be doing good. And you got to, you know, you got to listen in a more intentional way. And, and, and that takes really paying attention. That's what true listening is. So I think, I think the military, they taught me that in some ways without knowing it because of so much of the communication, not only with the people that are wearing the same flag on the shoulder that you are, when we're working with Afghans and Iraqis and there's language barriers and cultural barriers, and, you know, if you're not willing to, to really listen to them as human beings, you're, you're not only missing out, but there's going to be a lot of misunderstandings and uh, you're not going to get a lot done. <laughs> Do you think it's during those multinational operations that really emphasize both empathy and listening on a high level? Yeah, I think so. It's foreign internal defense is what we're doing in the special forces mostly. Every mission is by, with, and through uh, indigenous people of that place that you're in, you know, and you got to be respectful, uh, even if you disagree with how they maybe handle certain situations, um, family customs. Like there's a lot of those things that are hard to, to let go of and hard to understand and hard to be accepting of, uh, but you got to do your best to do that. Unless of course it's a situation where somebody's intentionally harming another person, you know what I mean? Or treating, treating somebody in an, in, in an unjust way. Of course, there's exceptions to that in every culture where that's not okay. But, you know, for the most part, if it's not, if it's not doing something like that, just because they pray a different way, they eat a different way, their gestures, you know, with what's considered polite here, maybe isn't polite somewhere else and vice versa. Like you gotta, you gotta let that stuff go and not take everything so personal. And I'm the, I'm the number, I'm the number one violator of taking things personal, but I, at least I, I'm becoming more and more aware of it, you know, and a lot of that was through time in the military and, or being around uh, people in the veteran community uh, after I transitioned out. Yeah. And you continue to serve in different ways, right? Whether you were in the NFL, I know you were a fantastic steward for the military doing what you were doing, but being in those situations where you have those challenges, you're constantly learning. And I appreciate how you continue to talk about like, I'm, I'm working at it all the time, right? That shows this self-awareness that you need to continue to grow. Where are you challenging yourself right now, Nate? Whether it's, you know, especially like with an MVP, as you continue to expand, where do you feel like that challenge is, is really kind of getting at you when it comes to like redefining purpose for not only yourself, but others? That's a tough one. That's a tough question. Everybody's different. You know, for me, there's certain creative endeavors and even like physical, physically competitive endeavors, which become mentally competitive that I like to continue to be involved with, you know, like, like making, making, making a movie, you know, filmmaking, just film in general has been a big inspiration to me throughout my life. Uh, from starting from when I was much younger and, and even through 
my late teens and early twenties where I was really developing as a, as an adult, you know, in a lot of ways. And, and a lot of the content that I saw shaped that and stories that I heard and, and, and watched. Um, and I wanted to be a part of telling those stories, you know, and there's a lot of very worthy stories that have not been told yet and hopefully will one day. And there's also a lot of stories that in my opinion, maybe get told in a, I don't want to say the wrong way, but in a way that I'm not necessarily driving with, you know, and there's certain things because of my experiences that I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of. And, and I'd like to help tell stories in those veins. And I'll, some of those, uh, some of those have to do with the veteran experience. Some of them don't, but I was lucky to have this incredible team at MVP and then people I met outside uh, of MVP that are out here in the film industry as well, that love what we were doing as an organization and wanted to help tell the story or tell a story of, you know, a veteran and, and an athlete connecting and maybe having a, a lot that are not similar about them. A lot of different, a lot of stuff that's different on paper, but at the end of the day, like they, they're going through the same struggles and they're going through the same reflections and um, the same growth uh, at a very young age when it's when, in terms of like the feeling that you've peaked and you'll never be great again. And, and, and that's really what that, that film was all about and that story. And, and then beyond that, you know, I, I love to push myself in different ways in, in, in competitive endeavors. And I just started doing recently, started getting more into distance running and trail running. And, you know, I, I, I just ran my second marathon about a month ago. And then three weeks after that, I ran uh, a 50K in, in Griffith Park here in Los Angeles, which is about 31 miles. I was going to say, not just any 50K, that is some elevation. Yeah. Yeah, it was like 6,240 feet uh, elevation gained. Also dropped. I mean, you come downhill as well. Sure. But throughout the day, you're going up and down these hills. And, you know, it's, uh, it was hard. It was really hard. But it was, it was exciting. And I, I love the feeling, the, 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 the attempt. Like, even if I didn't finish it, of course, you're going to be disappointed. But, like, what's more exciting to me is that I'm willing to go try and just kind of go after it. You know, we'll see where that leads. I, I, I am going to sign up here for the, uh, the Leadville 100, which is in Colorado, and it's 100 miles. And it's Let's insane. go. <laughs> and it's very high. I think the whole thing's at elevation. So that's something that I'm looking forward to to diving into later this year. And, uh, and yeah, and then just with MVP, man, watching this baby still grow. You know, we're hoping to open another chapter uh, later this year, maybe even two uh, in the, within the next year, uh, and just keep keep building on what we have. And, you know, the sky's the limit with that. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely tough. One of the toughest parts about what we do is having to tell people not right now, you know, or we're not ready for that yet. And sometimes straight up, no, because <laughs> it's not something we agree with because there's a lot of people from the veteran community, from the athlete community that really want us uh, to be around where they're at, you know, and, and want to be a part of it and, and have ideas on how we could grow as an organization. And, just having to, that's the toughest part of it. Just having to like sift through that and, and sometimes say no or not yet and, and know that there's people out there that need you. It's a good problem to have, I guess, in a lot of ways, because you know, you're being of service and you are of value, but it's also, yeah, it's also hard. To, it's just hard. I'm not good at that. <laughs> I'm not good. I'm not a good no person, man. I want to tell people yes and yes. And you know what I mean? And let's do it. But the reality is it's just, it's not that simple. And we can't afford to fail, you know. We can't afford to f for any of the places we go to not work out and uh, to not be able to be there for the, the tribe, you know, and, and, and have 
uh, our cups filled as well. I mean, when you're working at a job like this, with those 25 people on staff, all of them, regardless of their role, they all play a part in uh, peer-to-peer coaching and counseling and and uh, mentorship and brotherhood and you know sometimes having to have some really hard conversations with people and we get a lot laid on us too you know and sometimes some pretty negative stuff when someone's in a bad place and you got to take it and roll with it and you know and do your best to not take it personal by living a life intentionally like you said it allows you to continue to believe in those attempts whether you fail or succeed and it comes back to i love how you tied it into right being empathetic and listening at a high level to other people but along the way, there are failures. Could you pick out one failure that you, you've had in your life that has ultimately set up just a phenomenal success? Yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of them. One that's very clear in public is like, you know, I, I got cut from the Seahawks and I never, I didn't make the final roster. Like people are like, wow, you played in the NFL. And it's like, I mean, kind of, yeah. I, I played in a preseason game. I, I, I was in training camp. I was signed as a free agent. Yes, but a lot of a lot of athletes, I think more, more so people that didn't have the experience I had prior, where it was like, oh, I was in the military and was in the special forces, and I went to college at an older age, you know. And so a lot of people see me just getting to where I got in Seattle is like, wow, what a victory! And, and it was, but it ultimately, like, I failed. That's not what I set out to do. I set out to play in the NFL, and I didn't do that, you know. So like that, that's one that really sticks out to me. But I think. A lot of that was, I was so grateful. I am so grateful to have the perspective because of the people that were celebrating where I got, you know, and just that I was trying and that how that was more important to them too. That really helped me understand like, Hey, it's okay. Like it ends for everybody at some point, whether you're Tom Brady winning seven, maybe more than that Super Bowls and play until you're in your mid forties or, you know, you play in one preseason game and, and, you know, you get, you get cut on the second round of cuts and that's it. And you know, team calls you again at that. That's a failure. You know, it is. But if that wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't have got a call the next day from a guy named Chris Long, Howie Long's son, who has an organization called Water Boys, which is, which is pretty incredible. And he's, you know, he's he, him and other NFL players and now some of the veteran community helping bring clean water to East Africa. And he was like, Hey man, he called me like literally the next day after I got cut. It's like, nobody's going to call a guy on the day, the day after he got cut. They know he's in a dark place. Probably he's in the hole. And Chris called me. He was just like, Hey man, so blown away by what you were able to accomplish. I'm really proud of you. And I have this organization. We started talking about like this idea of bringing vets and athletes to go climb Mount Kilimanjaro together and raise money for clean water. And it was such an awesome idea Ended up doing it a little later that year, going up with a, another veteran, and we climbed Kilimanjaro and raised enough money for two wells to be dug, actually. And it was so special. And right around that time was when I started having those conversations with Jay. And it was like, this is my new purpose. This is my new mission. It's like, let's figure out how we can bring these groups together to make the world a better place. And so, I don't know. I mean, what if I played a couple of years in, in the league? And, and what if I ended up somewhere else and I didn't come back to Los Angeles and Jay and I never had that conversation. Chris never made that call. Like, who knows? I'm sure we'd figure something out. But it was because of that failure that another door opened and I was willing to answer the call and step through the door and not be negatively affected by that ultimate loss or whatever. You know what I mean? Just Absolutely. You just bounce up. Yeah. You, you bounce back off of it. and That's happened a lot of times in my life where I just 
I didn't, I didn't win a lot of games growing up in sports I was playing, you know, I was on bad teams all the time, but you know, you learn so much more from losing, man. It's a very valuable thing. <laughs> I'm not saying you should ever go out there and try to lose anything, but if you're competing at a high level, at the highest level you're capable of, you're going to lose. You're just gonna, you're going to get beat, you know, and that's a good thing that you're willing to put yourself out there like that. Absolutely. Instant feedback. It's been an absolute honor. Before we go, Nate Boyer, we ask everybody this question on the Got Your Six podcast. How are you better today than yesterday? Wow, that's a really good question. How am I better today than yesterday? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. I figured it was because you got that meeting tonight going over to see the, re- the, the chapter over at MVP. Yeah, we got MVP. We got MVP tonight. That's one thing. But I think I, I should be able to answer that every day because hopefully, I mean, as you go through life, no matter who you are, you're going to lose every day at something, whether it's an argument, <laughs> you know, whether it's uh, a parking spot, <laughs> you know, little things like that uh, or something big, like it's just going to happen. If you, if you're able to learn from that, able to grow from that, even if it's just like a fraction of a percent every day, you're going to get better. You're going to get stronger even as you get older. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't know how, I don't know how I'm that much I, uh, any better than I was yesterday. I don't know how to really explain that, but I do know that I do know that I am because the team I got around me, you know, even those days that, that are, that are going to be tough where you're going to, you know, potentially lose somebody close to you in your life, you know, and that happens a lot. And it happens a lot, even more in in a lot of the work that we're doing, but remembering those people in a positive way and carrying on their legacy and making sure that, you know, you're doing the work that they were doing when they were here and living out their American dreams and all that stuff as well. So yeah, it, it's it's absolutely possible and it's it's necessary. Our country and our world needs needs us to be better every day. I could say, Nate, we're better today, myself and all the Sixers listening, because we got to hear your story. Thank you so much for coming on. Before we let you go, where can people go to connect with you and learn more about MVP? Yeah, to learn more about MVP, go to vetsandplayers.org. That's V-E-T-S-A-N-D-P-L-A-Y-E-R-S.org. Or you can just Google Merging Vets and Players or MVP, Jay Glazer, Nate Boyer. You'll find it. It's out there. And then on social media, I'm at Nate Boyer 37 On Instagram and everywhere else. Nate, I'll make sure I link everything in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time, sharing your message, your ideas. And of course, thanks for having our six. Of course, brother. Appreciate you, man. Sixers, thank you for listening to another episode of the Gotcha Six Podcast. If you got something out of this, be a battle buddy. Share with a friend, pass it along. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, make sure you leave us a review and give us as many stars as you think we warrant because we love what we do here at the Gotcha Six Podcast. We're always adapting and evolving this podcast because of you, the Sixers. And if you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow button. You'll never miss an episode when we drop new ones every Monday. I don't know what you've been told, Sixers, but the lawyers would like us to remind you that the views, opinions, and comments expressed on the Got Your Six podcast are solely those of the hosts or guests to include current and previous Department of Defense employees and should in no way be considered the opinions of or endorsements on behalf of the Department of Defense or any of its components, divisions, contractors, or other current and previous staff members.